first and foremost, welcome to today's uh, Digital Media Works. Uh, sorry, Media Works Digital Masterclass. I'll actually start that again. God, get that right. Shocking start, right? Apologies. Maybe. Right. We're live. We're live. You can't start yeah, it. Again. I'm just going to start that again. I can't go ahead. That's the worst, that's the worst intro I've done. God knows. <laughs> right. Welcome to today's MediaWorks Digital Masterclass. Um, I'm David Norris. I'll be hosting uh, the, the, the Masterclass today. I'm joined by a panel of experts. Um, so we'll do introductions first. So, Tamar, yourself, please. Hi, everybody. I'm Tamar. I'm head of digital PR here at MediaWorks, working very closely with Christian. Pass it over to you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Tamar. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm the group digital PR director here at MediaWorks. So essentially, I've sort of overall um, responsibility for, for all digital PR output uh, within the group. Brilliant. And then Tom? Hi everyone, I'm Tom. I'm head of academy here at MediaWorks. Uh, spent a lot of time in SEO before that, so that's why I'm on here. Brilliant. So today we um, we're going to cover um, the, the title is breaking news: um, how reactive PR can aid your SEO strategy. So I think it's it's really important to talk about. You know, we've got planned conversations when we're putting this session together a look at sort of the nature of reactive news how we jump on those those sort of trends that we're seeing out there how do we spot those trends but i think it's really important that we actually go into the why and i think that's a really important aspect of, of everything that we're going to discuss today it's not just about saying right what's our process for doing this it's saying why do we do this and what are the residual benefits on on the channels that we're engaged with so, you know, the description is in today's fast-paced digital landscape, staying ahead of industry news, trends and events is critical for businesses seeking to establish themselves as thought leaders and gain visibility among their target audience. As you know, in this digital masterclass, um, the panel and myself will be delving into the world of reactive digital PR and share valuable insight on how your company can leverage um, it for the short-term brand affinity and long-term market benefits. So I think, like, as a starting point, I guess, like, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to come to you, Christian, first on this, and then Tim, I just team you up, it's coming your way next. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, what do we actually mean when we talk about, like, reactive digital PR? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a good question, David, to kick off, and, and, and probably worth giving, I, I suppose, a bit of context as to, coming back to why, um, why, why Tamar and I sort of sit on sit on this uh, masterclass today, um, and, and so I, I guess really we're we're uh, both myself and Tamar from what most I suppose would probably term um, you know a traditional PR agency background. Um, so so that that background has given us you know lots of skills, lots of experience at, at storytelling, and um, I, I guess lots of experience as well at sort of just starting to understand. Um, what the media want really um and, and that becoming important you know how they want it when they want it and, and and essentially sort of you know just trying to get ourselves in the position of standing best chance of of securing best plants best best chance of of of, of getting placements in media titles that matter um to to a client and its audience and why why that starts to then matter in in seo um has become something that's evolved loads um sort of over the last couple of years especially and, and certainly how we start to then then deliver successful seo campaigns um at MediaWorks. yeah because i think like i think people listening in and i and i think it's 
one of the things that we always have the challenge on, isn't it? Isn't it, Christian, around like that that whole PR element? I think people have a view of what PR is historically. You know, it's mm. about it's about juicing content or, or managing online reputation. It's somewhere sort of between those two areas. There's multitude of ways doing it, whether that be through press releases, whether that's getting sort of content placed in, in, in offline publications, which is really interesting, isn't it, in the in the digital age that we're now operating in. And this, by the way, is mm. me saying that offline doesn't count. It absolutely does. It still very much matters. But it's like we know that most people consume content digitally this day and age. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah. that's an underlying fact. Um, so, Tim, so what do we mean when we talk about that that reactive digital PR element? Yeah, so just like you were saying there, David, you know, in the old print traditional world of digital PR, that rarely existed. You know, the opportunity to react quickly to what the media and, and journalists are sort of talking about. So in a nutshell, reactive PR is essentially these breaking news moments that are unforeseen, unplanned and aren't sort of in the the sort of yearly calendar. For us in the PR world, we identify them as an opportunity to sort of place our clients in the middle of the conversation within the story that we know has the media's current attention. We know they're talking about it online. Um, So I guess more so in the digital world, Journalists have become far more open to to sort of adding on and expanding on these existing stories online. So, for example, they're able to constantly update and refresh. So whether you already have an existing piece of content for a client, which you know is now being brought up again in the current sort of media agenda, we're able to then add some additional insight um, and content that's then new and fresh for what's currently being spoken about in the media. So yeah, it's it's just refining, I think, what reactive and against proactive, which we'll obviously sort of come to in a bit, but it's just making sure that reactive, it's you can't predict what's going to happen, essentially. Yeah, and I think we have that proactive element, don't we, in the sense that when, when we're yeah. thinking about, and I hate, I'll use this word outreach, but historically it's been a, a word that we've used in the SEO circles as being around, yeah. like, what does what does our outreach plan look like? And we'll typically go through a, a calendar and look at sort of notable times in the year. So things like the coronation coming up, Valentine's yeah. Day, Mother's Day, all that sort, all that sort of stuff. And I think there's like the other side of that, which is like what works in a particular industry. Do you know what I mean? Around like, right, okay, if you've got particular things happening, you know, if you're in there, I'm thinking about my wife's uh, activity in terms of the business that she works in, like, they they do a lot in the automotive space. So like Isle of Man, TT, every year they have a major presence there and that's a really big event yeah. slash moment for them in their industry. They've also got things like, um, you know, um, new vehicle registrations coming out every year, which is sort of, is very industry specific. So I, I get that in terms of like, we can map that out. And what we typically will do is we'll look at like producing content and the purpose of that will be to outreach that to non publications or relevant relevant publications if you like and then drawing again sort of links in as high quality of publication as possible because that obviously underlies and boosts boost the boost the um the the rankings that we get for our uh, key keywords or key clusters etc so i guess like that's the proactive element the reactive element's quite different to that though isn't it because like you say and i think it's a really important point here Matt, it is it's those moments that come up that you you don't expect mm-hmm. but, but you can potentially plan for, and I think that's a, an important piece here. It's not, it's not, or oh, we just come up with ideas on the morning of the thing that we see. It, it's, we know that, for example, if there's a cold snap, 
you know, we might get a cold snap every year, do you know what I mean? Or every couple of years. So again, like how can we best place ourselves to yeah. outreach? Because we know that like as consumers, and I always think it's really important that you put yourself in a in a consumer perspective here, is that's a type of content we're probably reading about at that time. If something out of the blue happens or something new happens, um, it's like they're the things, aren't they? They're the things that we we all want to know about because it's it's the nature of who we are as as consumers, if you like. Completely, I think, and and you sort of hit the nail on the head there. I think the the job that we do a lot of actually is is almost trying to minimise um, what what reactive digital PR is and what yeah. that looks like, and, and us kind of minimising those those instances where we feel like we have to really quickly react. And um, you, you know that that weather thing, David, is is a perfect example that um, you know crumbs. We we live in the UK. We know at some point every year <laughs> there's going to be a cold snap. We know that at some point every year there's going to be a massive downpour. We yeah. know that at some point every year we're going to kind of be hotter than Benidorm. Um, and so it, it's kind of, we, we don't know exactly when, but actually we can prepare for, for those moments um, so that we're not kind of scrabbling around on that morning when we wake up and it's 26 degrees before 10 a.m. Um, we know exactly what we're going to do and exactly how we're going to react for our for our clients because we've already got kind of got those that that idea that content piece that commentary um, in place. Yeah. Um, and, and so we, we we do a hell of a lot of work at trying to kind of minimise those instances. And you're right, it's kind of you take it client by client. What is relevant? You know, if we were doing kind of SEO work for for, for your wife's business, we would look at right. Okay, it's, it's no surprise that the Isle of Man TT comes up every year. Um, it's no surprise that there are new registrations kind of, you know, once or twice a year. So um, it, it, it's getting ahead of those things as much as you can. Um, and, and, you know, you, you still see it a, a lot. We, 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 we work really, really hard kind of internally to almost pick up what an ordinary calendar is and just bring everything kind of forward by three months. So we have these calendars now that, um, you know, have Halloween in August. They have Christmas in September. Um, just so that we can get ahead of of, of everything we possibly can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, all of these events that are currently happening across the, the calendar, it's, it's sports events, it's the World Cup, it's Wimbledon. We know that the media are going to be talking about these, you know, when, when they come around. So it's how can we plan ahead and predict what the content's going to look like um even more sort of consumer wise it's the likes of award shows and even love island you know there's always lots of pr opportunities that um sort of come to life that is more proactive digital pr in a sense that we can like christian said plan that three months um in advance to create some really newsworthy content yeah. um whereas reactive on the other hand because it relates to sort of trend and news stories on the day they are unpredicted so it, it, we need to essentially be really quick on the ball to provide sort of new commentary data um and like i said about sort of content that we might already have in the bank to potentially bring forward and, and sort of reuse for the current news cycle um th there's lots of opportunities say for example um, God forbid a major celebrity couple announces a really expensive divorce within the <laughs> next forbid. few weeks. God forbid <laughs> the drama. Um, we then essentially pitch out um, like a free divorce competition to media on behalf of a legal client that we currently have within the business. So it's just how can we plan for things that aren't yet happening, but 
we can kind of predict in the same way. You could argue again whether that is proactive or reactive. There's, yeah, there's there's lots to sort of to think about. But I guess reactive, in a nutshell, is just those those unpredicted moments and how we can essentially just be quick on the ball to react. Yeah, on that on that point, I, I'll just pick this up very quickly, Tamar. That that particular idea is, is one that we've we've got on the go at the minute that we're trying to get yeah. out of that. Yeah. Um, in 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 around kind of doing something for that particular legal client it's it's something i've seen kind of recently um in in sort of the digital pr world is people discussing kind of you know what's the difference between a reactive and and you know news jacking and and interesting this this might be a nice example that that kind of we're not we're, we're not planning to just add sort of some sort of commentary to um, you know, uh, what what the media will undoubtedly kind of pick up on, say, you know, I don't know, Brad and Angelina finally sort out their problems with that that uh, vineyard that they've got down in France. Um, that, that kind of it's, it's a comment from that particular client going, oh, yeah, you know, divorces can be really expensive and stressful, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, we're creating something really different and new for that. And, and, and kind of that then potentially you're, you're sort of almost hijacking the news and and taking that off into a different angle so um th- yeah there's lots of different ways to look at it i don't think there's any kind of one kind of um identified kind of definition of, of sort of where reactive stops and new jacking starts but for me it was like we were getting into that area with that one and it was it was interesting that i saw a couple of weeks ago that question come up in in another forum yeah i think the thing i i have a question on it if i was listening in on this and, and i'm sat there and Appreciate we work in the agency, so we have like a multitude of clients. I think this is like one of the benefits that we've got, and one of the reasons that we enjoy it so much is we work in a in a really with a really diverse range of clients. Like we're not in a particular sector, so like finding an angle, if you like, for clients isn't always the easiest of things. You know, it's like we've got to figure out like can we actually, you know, that thing that's happening that people are interested in is actually of any relevance to to our particular organization which we're representing our client that we're doing work for i think like if i was listening i'd be sat there going so how does that relate to me if for example you're doing it in in house and have you got a particular sort of process or or view that you go through around how you might approach that yeah we we do we've got a a process that needs to be quick um obviously that you're up against various other brands and sort of PR agencies. So we'd like to sort of keep it in an ideal world sort of within three hours or less. So within sort of the agency currently at half eight every morning, the digital PR team scan the daily news roundup um, and we flag any AOIs, which is articles of interest, obviously to our clients. And we would then go to them sort of suggestion, how to approach the angle, tone of voice, things like that. So Tim, I just on that, so just on that, you say like article of article of interest, right? Yes. How how do you make that decision though? Do you know what I mean if it is an article of interest? Like, because I always say this is like, as we know, my my brain works in a very sort of analytical way. And I always say yeah. I'm not a very creative um, uh, uh, person in lots of ways. So it's like this is the bit that I always think amazes me is is how, how do you spot that as a as something because you you were able to draw those links in and, and it's quite interesting in terms of mm-hmm. what what makes a good story or what gives us a potential opportunity. So like t- tell me how you decipher an article of interest. Yeah, I guess it all starts with the client essentially. You know, when we bring them on board, we amaze ourselves within their world. So it's it's pretty much working hand in hand with them to understand 
what they're comfortable talking about. Are there any topics we potentially should avoid um, moving forward? So it's just, you know, we're able to easily spot PR stories as PR people um, within the news. And it's it's always those, whether it's data-led or, you know, it's something a little bit wacky and, and you know, it's not just the generic sort of fluffy content type. It's just making sure that it, it's something relevant to them. Um, I don't know, Christian, if you've got anything else to I, add to that. But Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> going back to kind of that client understanding as well. And, and, yeah. and while we're talking about, um, you know, how, how we use kind of reactive DPR in, in an SEO world, it's also understanding kind of what, what keywords they, they want to be ranking for as well. So, um, you know, if, if there is, we'll, we'll go back to that legal client. We know that they're really, really keen to kind of, um, you know, improve their visibility with, with kind of, um, you know, divorce and separation and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. for them, we are, we, 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 we take a view and go, okay, right. They, they, they kind of want to be all over kind of divorce and separation. What are the most common things the media will talk about? When it, when it comes to that particular subject matter and kind of whether we like it or not, it's when celebrities separate. Um, so it, it's like that for us and go, okay, well, there's, there's our potential match. That's, there's our route in. Um, but, but how on earth does a, you know, a, a, a UK based kind of legal client then kind of get involved in a conversation around, you know, a Hollywood separation. That's when the slight creativity a little bit comes in that first mover yeah. advantage as well that the Tamar talked about the quicker you can almost get to the front of the queue with that, you know, that particular media target, I think the better chance you've got. And then it's all about the quality of, of you know, that contribution that you're adding to, to the conversation. So um, if you're going to come out with some fairly dull platitudes um, that adds nothing to the story, um, you, you're not really going to stand much of a chance of getting success. You know, they're, they're pretty demanding on what they want to see. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I was just thinking about that as a brilliant like analogy is like, adding to the conversation you know we've yeah. all we've all we've all been there at like the, the dinner party or maybe this is just me so I'll go with it, right? we've all been there and, and you're having a conversation about one thing and then somebody feels a need to interject and you're sat there going yeah but that didn't add anything to the conversation yeah. you know like you just didn't relate anything to what we've just been talking about I think that's that's I get guess is the point I was sort of talking about is it and it's a brilliant way to put it and I hadn't thought of it like that to be honest Christian is like it's like how do you add to that conversation? Because there's already conversations mm. going to be happening out there. And I think it's about, can you think about a way that you can add to that conversation? And then Tom, you know, I, I'm detracting from the process of your team, so I do apologise. Right. But then I'm thinking like, you then think about why are we doing this? And yes, there's a, there is a, an immediate sort of PR element again, your brand out in terms of the public, but also from an SEO perspective, it's like, if you think about what really what Google wants is, it wants the most relevant information for the user who's searching a particular topic. So if you're adding, again, it goes back to that, if you're adding value to that conversation, it's like that's seen as a very positive thing. I will, Tom, promise I'll come back to you on why it's important for SEO, but I'm conscious to go with Tamar as well, carry on with the process. (laughs) But I love that, Christian, adding value to the conversation. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, just going back to how we would essentially execute the reactive process. So once we've sort of flagged the the opportunity with the client, we would then get approval from them, you know, and within the next half an hour, we could essentially draft up a client quote, commentary, make sure we then share that back with the client um, and get approval and make sure that 
we've got the sort of expert attribution. Who can we be using from them in-house to sort of attribute the the quote and comment to? And essentially, when we're pitching out these um, comments, we'd also then want to offer that person up for potential interview opportunities for further value again. Um, we would then, once we've had that final approval from the client, we would draft up a media pitch, which then referenced back to that original article of interest that we flagged. And then in an ideal world, 11 o'clock onwards is when we commence outreach sort of widespread to the media and make sure that we sort of news track any opportunities where, you know, the publications are currently talking about that topic or certain area. It, yeah. I, and look, I, I think this is, this is a, a lot of it is ideal world. So now in, in some instances, yeah. like clients are, uh, are, are enormously bought into to the process um, and, and you can be lucky where, you know, we'll, we'll spot something dead early, time to be back really, really quickly. Um, they're happy with the line we want to take. Um, and we've got, um, you know, we, we might have something out there by kind of half past nine, 10 o'clock. Um, what, what we do know is that kind of come 11 o'clock and, and that there, is, there are still some sort of traditional patterns to the way the media work um, very often in that old world. Um, you know, journalists would come out of their uh, of their morning conference at, at kind of that used to have morning conference between ten and eleven to to agree what stories they would be pursuing for the day. Um, so very often that's that's where that sort of eleven o'clock thing comes from. They they come out already knowing kind of pretty much what what they want to pursue. Um, so from that point, we've got to be really really quick um, because after that, then it starts to become a bit too late. Um, and we've seen it kind of you know we've, we've done a lot of analysis on, on kind of. Um, you know what the kind of the perfect reactive looks like and, and generally kind of the, the quicker we can get at it the better um, and obviously we, we've got to be adding something to the conversation so it's so a kind of you know dull sort of meaningless platitudes don't really cut it um, so you know it, it, these are all ideal world scenarios we don't you know blockers can come you know in, in, in various different routes like I say it's kind of the quality of the comment um, what <clears throat> what 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 we do find, however, is that kind of over time, if we have got, um, you know, a, a, an approach to this with a particular client who is keen and sees the benefit of this, is that you, you start to build up this bank of commentary. Um, and then it, it becomes that much quicker because, you know, you then got but for the next time, a, you know, a big Hollywood divorce comes around because they tend to happen quite frequently. Um, you, you've already got your comment from the last time around. And it's like, great. Well, all we need to do is just do we need to update it? Yes, probably. Um, and so it's dead quick. And it's like in the client's mind, what you've got is then confidence that we're already on the right subject matter. So again, it's just speeding up that process and it gives us better opportunity to get that out there quicker to the media um, and, and, and kind of really kind of go for the jugular, really. I think I think like I'm, I'm gonna again just come in on come in on this because like as you know I used to work in in the education sector and I always used to think it was like as a result you work in a big organisation with lots of interesting things going on and you could potentially talk about all sorts you know you take a university you take most uh, schools and topics you know whether it be management leadership accounting health do you know what I mean social care like whatever like design, whatever schools have got going on there's always something going on and I always felt like universities sort of got themselves tangled and I, and I presume that it's going to be something that that people sort of listening are going to be thinking about around that around that though is it's like speed matters do you know mm. and, and I think like in some organizations frankly just not set up other uh, to respond at that sort of pace you know like I was thinking university so 
hesitant to say anything controversial that in essence what we ended up saying was nothing at all you know like i read a lot of you know press releases still in this space and it's like all oh, right university like likes research do you know what i mean it's like oh shock you know they don't want to commit to anything i guess and it's like what's how, how do you manage that then because i'm really conscious that, again we'll have people listening in who will probably think to themselves right yeah that all sounds great but getting that quote from person x in my business is is going to be a real cha- a real challenge it's it's it, you're totally right it, it, it's it can be a really tricky thing especially if you you have got an organ you know like a, a big university where there is that um nervousness around kind of you know pace can can often sort of be um misinterpreted as as kind of you know being uncontrolled um and so yeah you, you do naturally get get teams that are really really nervous and so we've we 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 can identify kind of fairly quickly i think kind of um you know we, we ask questions very early on of the client to go okay this is how we play this and we kind of walk them through that reactive process um and and once you show that to a client very quickly they go yeah that makes me nervous that we can't achieve that um and so either we're going to have to say we can't do this or you're going to have to prove to us that it does work. And so therefore, I then got the currency to take it forward. So, you know, we're, I suppose, a really good position, really, that um, we, we, we have, we can show success. And I know, T, you'll, you'll come on to, to sort of some of the things that we have done, mm-hmm. um, that we can show success in other areas and how that could potentially work. I mean, you know, for me, education feels like a ripe field because yeah. you've got specialists and experts everywhere yeah. in yeah. so many different topics. Um, the hard part is trying to find them um, and, and kind of quickly get that through the system. Yeah, and I guess like like, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the panelists here because I, I've sort of when we look at these sessions, we sort of plan the themes that we're going to talk about. But like, I guess Tom, I'm gonna come to you next as to as to why this actually all matters from an SEO perspective. Like, you know, it's great that we're going to potentially get some additional links, um, and it's great that as I say, we're going to get our brand out there in front of potentially the right types of audiences, but. What, why does this matter and, and what does SEO success look like in terms of reactive content? Yeah, so I think it's probably worth just clarifying, you know, at a high level, Google views these sort of reactive PR links as sort of votes of confidence from other websites to ours or to the client. And it uses them and tries to get a better understanding of what our website, our company, or, you know, or a client's website or company is about. So it gains a bit of context from those links. Um, and if you imagine there's millions of different websites all trying to target the same sector, the same keywords, the same you know products, services, things like that. So Google looks at these links to try and help determine which websites can be trusted. You know, Christian touched on there, you know, we want to get comments from experts and opinion leaders and thought leaders. Google looks at those links and sees you know, is this person actually an expert? Is it not an expert? You know, and then weighs those up to choose which ones it should show, uh, you know, the person searching in Google. So which one should be prioritized in search results? Um, I think a long time ago, it used to be just the more links, the better. Um, and that was a long time ago. You used to be able to like buy 10,000 links back in the day. And you'd, yeah, like yeah. I, I, I remember those days, the old keyword stuffing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to put white text, on a, white text on a page with the keyword over like a thousand times and then build, you know, buy 10,000 links if we ranked first for, you know, that yeah. keyword. 
Google's obviously got a lot smarter. You know, things have moved on. Um, and it now really focuses on this thing, you know, that's called EAT or EAT, which is expertise. True, will always struggle to say this word, authoritativeness and trustworthiness. Um, they brought that out a while ago. And essentially all that really meant, and this sort of bringing it back to the digital PR sort of side of things, was that Google wants to show people who are searching websites and information and companies that have expertise, are an authority and are trustworthy. Um, and using digital PR, reactive PR, proactive PR means that we can make you know comments, we can get experts within our companies or within our clients' companies to make comments or to you know put our clients' companies at the center of something like you know a celebrity legal divorce where it's relevant to them. Um, and it, it's twofold, really. Google then, you know, understands more clearly what we as a company or our client company are about. And also, I think we often forget, it also brings more sort of trustworthiness from just a consumer perspective. You know, people see us front and centre all the time, commenting on things, being, you know, in the news and media around relevant sort of subjects, then naturally you become more trustworthy. Um, and this EAT has now developed into double EAT, which is uh, it's a, getting a bit of an interesting reaction in the SEO world, but essentially it's the same, but there's now an extra E for experience. So it's really, really important that everyone shows their experience with these products, with these services. And again, using digital PR and reactive PR, it's another form of showing your experience within that sector, within that market. Um, and I think the benefit of that shows in that when we when we utilize digital PR, we are seeing significant improvements in sort of organic search results for those reasons, because Google has really, really prioritized this double uh, EAT stuff, especially with the rise of AI content, things like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it, it's dead interesting as, as the, 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 the volume of gray in the beard will attest. It is kind of, you know, it was a few years ago. I, I kind of remember those days of link farms and, and kind of sat in a PR world, kind of just wondering what this weird SEO stuff was. And over time, as as Google's got more intelligent, as Google's tried to to become more human, um, all of these things have, have kind of almost fed into the world where where you kind of, not accidentally, but I kind of think where where PR people have uh, have really kind of honed their skills. You know, they. They, they've had briefs for years from clients around kind of, we want to kind of tell the world about our expertise and, um, you know, we're, we're a trusted business and all of this sort of stuff. And um, and this is coming around to this world now where Google wants to see kind of that topical relevance. So in, in days of old where you could you could essentially, um, you know, or potentially kind of almost place, you, you know, your, your backlinks and your keyword related backlinks anywhere, um, Google now wants to see that in a relevant place. It wants to see that topical relevance. So, Almost gone, not quite gone in the days, but certainly the days of dwindling where, you know, you, you're kind of um, trying to land keywords relating to, I don't know, gardening um, in a story about F1 on a sports page. It's like Google's kind of starting to penalise that sort of stuff. So you, they, they absolutely, if if we have a legal client who wants to be known for, uh, for, for their, you know, their expertise in divorce, they want to see that link um, in a story that is about divorce. Um, so that that's a, a kind of really, really important thing. And another thing I think to, to remember on this as well is is kind of the, the that trust piece that you're talking about there, Tom. Um, 
the you know when you look at kind of what google the 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 the, the regard google has for, for lots of these old media sites and now their, their content on their website so the likes of um, you know, a bbc.co.uk or a guardian.co.uk or a mirror.co.uk. They've got these huge sort of authority scores in, in you know, in the mid to high 90s in the mind of Google. Um, and, and even regional sites are, are kind of, you know, they, they've, they've even scored in sort of low 90s, high 80s. Um, so, so being able to secure links in these sites, um, and these are the ones that are still effectively run by journalists, so they want to see stories, they want to see relevance, they want to see you being able to add something to what they're already doing. Um, that's all kind of really nice, rich sort of, um, you know, SEO juice that, that helps with the rankings. Yeah, I think it's like it's it's a really important point, isn't it? Around like it is a thing that like adds to the adds to the rankings. And I know we've got some particular sort of case studies and 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 like views on this tema that we sort of highlighted around some sort of di- different ideas across different sectors as as good examples of where we've seen quite a lot of traction. And it'd be good if you could walk people through like like not necessarily the client, but definitely the the industry and why we think that. Yeah. The traction and, and why it became then relevant? Yeah, so a couple of examples that I can sort of chat through is we currently work for a tech client. Um, and you might all remember when um WH Smith experienced a bit of a cyber cyber attack um in March. And we were able to quickly react for this tech client um to sort of generate a commentary that explains, you know, no company ever is immune to data breaches um things like that and we were able off the back of that to get a brand link directly back to the client's homepage um and land some really nice tier one coverage within the likes of the guardian um which was a really good sort of success and a great example of sort of how it works and just how quickly we need to be on the ball you know that was within half a day's work so we managed to get some really good results Another example, um, again, it, it you know, we try and get both brand and category links for our clients where it's, you know, category is very much keyword led. Um, so another example I have here, which, again, we could potentially argue is a bit more proactive now, you know, because it was to do with when we had the um, the cold snap just a few months ago. Um, but it, it was relating back to an automotive client. So it, it was actually off the back of, you know, when I was de-icing my car that very morning is, you know, how do we, it, it was kind of a bit of a myth busting piece. And I thought, you know what, this would be great for this automotive client to react to and sort of the things you shouldn't do that could potentially cause more damage to a vehicle, like um, pouring sort of boiling hot water from the kettle straight onto the windscreen is an absolute no-go. So if you've ever done that, don't, because that's why I did that very morning um <laughs> which is really bad um so yeah we got some really nice reactive commentary um off the back of that but within the comment we were able to include a link to category so we used um the term electric cars and and that was a sort of a big area for that client in particular and we managed to get some again tier one links across daily mirror msn um and regional coverage across manchester evening news so again yes we could argue that was a bit more proactive but it just shows like the different ways of thinking and the different topics you know how things like weather things like celebrities can all be tied back into a specific industry for a specific client yeah, and I think just to go into that, and Tom, like you can support with this, is is around that brand versus category split that we'll talk about because I think yeah. that like 
what I see a lot of, frankly, like basic things in this area is it focuses more on that brand piece, if you like. It's like, oh, yeah, we're HSBC and we do banking and therefore money matters. And it's like, all right, okay, I get that. But it's like, mm-hmm. actually, what people are wanting and what Google's definitely wanting is that more direct sort of into a particular topic or into a particular category, show authority on a particular topic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think really we want a bit of a split. We don't just want to really go hard at, say, category links. Google wants to see what it calls like a, a natural link profile, and that means, you know, various different placements pointing to various different pages across our whole website. Um, so, like Tamar mentioned, we want to build some brand, you know, links in that take people to the homepage, you know, and it, it, we've got to remember these digital PR, we want to be natural. So we don't want to be trying to jam a keyword in when it just naturally is better that we place a brand name in there. Um, but on the other hand, where from an SEO point of view, where we really see growth at sort of a, a faster rate is when we can build links into that category level. Not to say that those homepage level links don't add value. They do massively. Um, it, we just see a sort of faster growth for those category level links that target keywords. Again, there's, we could go into a whole other sort of masterclass around why that is, and, but essentially Google has a better understanding of it. It sees us as an, as an authority within that category. Um, you can also do that across multiple categories, um, but it is really important that we have a split and where we can get those category links. Um, as I say, it only really... Uh, we do want it to be natural, so you don't want to be forcing things and you know chucking in the word electric cars when you're talking like Christian said about gardening or something like that, or you know, in a gardening brand or whatever's in there. So be natural, try and get the category links when you can, and but you know, don't underestimate the power of those brand links as well. I think that's the thing for me is is why reactive really matters is because I think you can do more around that natural piece. You know, like you know, I'm looking outside right now, the sun's out. There's no point in talking about the ice in your car. You know, mm. like, because people are going to be like, what, 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 that, that's going to hold no resonance with my audience. And I think it's that really clever bit between what people are wanting to consume on one side in terms of relevant content that adds, adds value to the, their conversation or, or to their interest in a particular topic, matched on another side with what's the angle for the business in terms of adding value to that conversation in a, in a natural way. You know, and I think like that for me is 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 sort of where the the art, if you like. I always say like I'm scientific. Do you know what I mean? And and this is where there is scientific element. We know like it's Google, it's numbers, it's rankings, it's keywords, it's all of those things that we've talked about. But actually, there is a real art to that, and there is a real craft in understanding how to marry those two elements up. So I think it's um yeah, it's a really interesting topic, and and I, and I hope people have, have taken a lot from today because. I think it's definitely something that if you're not thinking about, I'm conscious that most people are probably thinking about proactive digital PR who are probably on the call, but how reactive plays a really important part in that. So I've got five key takeaways. I, I always actually held up my notebook to prove that I do take notes um, as I went through uh, last week. So I won't do that in this session. But I think like for me, it's like five key takeaways. Number one would be sort of understand the, pro- uh, the process of, uh, and the purpose of digital PR in itself. Like, 
get that, a real understanding, read around that topic, um, and then plan according to, to your business as much uh, proactive as possible. Like map what proactive opportunities they are throughout the year. We do this on a client by client, by industry basis. So again, take take away that as a key takeaway. Number two, sort of again, reactive is by its very nature. Like you know, tight turnarounds has to be sort of time constrained. So to do that, you're going to need a plan or a process in place. We talk to you generally about one of the processes we've got, um, but also sort of consider sort of select which works or the angle for your business. You know, I think that's a really important piece. I understand sort of, are you actually adding that conversation or are you that annoying person who doesn't know about the topic and just jumps in and says something (laughs) random and tries to get the conversation moving in a different direction? That's probably not going to work. I think like um, number three would be speed is essential when it comes to reactive. Um, We know that like the news does move on. I don't want to go into yesterday's chip. Um, newspaper and chip paper and all the rest of it, Christian, because I know you've talked about this in previous ones, but news news does move on quickly. So it's like, understand that an opportunity that's there might not come around again. So ensure that you are best placed to to jump on that. Eat, I think is something we can all learn from, Tom. And I don't want to think about eat, which is sort of weird. Um, But I think it's like, be thinking always about that Google point around eat. So, you know, expertise, um, authoritative, you can't say that, but I can. Um, and then trustworthy, and then trustworthiness. Yeah. But then the the extra E is around that experience piece and understanding sort of that on page experience and user experience as as part of that. And I think consider how you can use sort of reactive digital PR to to actually influence that. You know, whether it be influence through expertise, influence through author, authoritative or authority based content. Yep. And then trustworthiness and, and the value that you, you have in a link with another site or posted somewhere else that's, again, of authority can have on your business. I think it goes without saying. Yep. And then I think, like, five would be, like, and I think we always have to finish with this when we talk search engines and Google in the, in the reality that none of this is static. You know, like, we've been talking mm. about, you know, I was talking to one of our technical SEO team yesterday about the Google update that we got through on Friday, which is now making comments about certain things that we thought were important that they're now saying aren't important and the whole community is up in arms about, well, told us for 12 years this was important and now they're saying it's not so important. I think, like, this is an ever-changing piece. But what I would say is, is, like, good reactive content is, in my opinion, always been a pillar of all of this. If you just strip it back to that eat principle, it's, like, creating good, like, content that, adds to the conversation and adds value is something that Google is always going to be pushing. So again, like be thinking about that as part of your process and don't overlook this as an area of your business because, you know, it's not only good in terms of PR in the traditional sense of getting your brand out there, the SEO value is massive and and, and it's why it forms a major part of what we do for our clients. So I think like that was a really enjoyable session. I've learned loads from that. So I'd just like to thank everybody for for taking part and, and Hopefully you'll join us um, in the next couple of weeks for the next digital master class here at MediaWorks. So thank you, everyone. Thanks for your input. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.